0: Christian Questions.
1: Napoleon Hill once said, Every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions, Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective.
2: And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone.
1: Kathy, the best part is this.
2: We talk and you listen, and then
1: you talk and we listen.
2: You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.net. I'm Rick. And I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan.
1: Who is out of town today. Yes, he is. And uh, we're glad to have you here, Kathy. Folks, we're glad that you have chosen to join us for this uh, fine Sunday morning. We do have a very important and actually a very difficult topic. Uh, It seems like Jonathan's never here when we get to these really difficult (laughs) ones. You you get all the tough ones. I don't know, Kathy. What's going on?
2: When he asked me to sit in for him today, I even was trying to be savvy and ask him what the topic was, and he wouldn't tell me until I said yes. (laughs)
1: Well, Jonathan had to, uh, I think, um, go visit with his his parents uh, out of state. So uh, he's taking care of uh, his family. He's doing a very good thing. So what is the topic that you are sitting in for Jonathan for this morning? Does God forgive
2: suicide? And the theme text? Is from Psalms 38, verse 4. For my iniquities are gone over my head, as a heavy burden they weigh too much for me
1: and boy doesn't that sound like a pleading from somebody who would potentially have suicidal thoughts when you think about it it does so and and that's the the good news of this program is we're going to be looking at scriptural examples of those who have gone through the same kind of grief. And, and and Kathy, the the point is this. Life life is difficult. It's full of trials, tragedies and trauma. Sometimes it overflows with grief and pain. And for most of us, there is an ebb and flow to all of this and we work at coping with and and learning from these difficulties. But for others, however, the pressure of the pain and the grief never seem to relent. And they begin to despair of life itself. And sadly, some bring that despair to its fruition and end their own lives. Suicide. It is a serious issue that plagues humanity. What drives people to this final decision? How can we better understand and help those who are in need? And finally, does God forgive suicide. So, Kathy, this is a deep and difficult and and sometimes a dark subject that we're getting into this morning.
2: And heart-wrenching, and you know, there's there's nobody I'd rather do it with than you because you you tackle this and go through scriptures and you know, I learned a lot. I really appreciate it. So, um I'm looking forward to I I guess looking forward <laughs> to. <laughs> the conversation.
1: Well, and, and that's exactly what this is. So, folks, we're going to give you the number early because if you have some experience, uh, you know somebody who has a, either attempted a suicide or actually been able to carry it through, and you've got some insight uh, or even some, some of the, the, the emotional trauma that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. And that means we're on right now.
2: And our website is ChristianQuestions.net. Okay. Let's get
1: started with, uh, to me, w- something that was surprising. I want to go to uh, a soundbite from CNN. And this was from CNN in India. It was an Indian um, uh, presentation on suicide, talking about the suicide rate in India. Listen to this. This is, in, in, in some ways, to me, this was this was shocking.
0: Shalini is reporting. Stress depression, lack of help, suicide. A new Lancet study is ringing alarm bells. India has the highest suicide rates in the world with maximum number of young people on the brink. According to the new study, suicides claim twice as many lives per year as HIV and AIDS and could take over maternal mortality as the biggest killer in the country with an estimated 1,87,000 suicides in 2010. The highest suicide rates are seen in the young, wealthy, and highly educated. That's 40% of men and a whopping 56% of women between the ages of 15 and 29. Suicide rates were also found to be much higher in rural areas and nearly 10 times as high in the southern states.
1: So India has the highest suicide rate in the world.
2: But you know what struck me is that it's among the wealthy, the highly educated, and those living in rural areas. It, that sounds to me like what everybody wants. And that's
1: one of the difficulties is, yeah, you've got the young and the, and the well-off. And it says, you know, it's 10 times higher in the southern states. Those are the wealthier areas of, of India. So you, you think about that and say, wow, India has, the, I would have never guessed. I would have, I, for some reason, I would have always thought that, that the, the highest suicide rate is here in this country. But it's not. It's, it simply isn't, and there's, we'll get to some other places as well. And, and I, what the message is here, Kathy, I think, is that this is a big problem. It's not just an American problem. It is a worldwide problem, and it needs to be dealt with somehow or other. The question is, how do you deal with it? And that's what we're here to uh, talk about this morning. And obviously, we're going to take a scriptural approach to that. 866-985-4255 is our number. We'd love to hear from you on your experiences in dealing with such a thing, and as difficult as it is. Kathy, let's get started with just a few statistics, some suicide facts. And these are primarily focused on uh, on America.
2: 750,000 Americans attempt suicide each year. 33,000 succeed, one every 16 minutes. So
1: that, that's a, so for, for every segment of this program, somebody is going to make that decision and carry it through. And that's, that's really what it, it boils down to. Next one.
2: One million people worldwide die from suicide annually, one every 40 seconds.
1: Okay, so a million people a year make that decision to, to end their lives. What else?
2: Suicide is the 11th leading cause of death in the United States.
1: Okay, and what about among college students?
2: The second among college students.
1: So it's a big problem, especially amongst uh, young people, obviously. So we have and we're talking about something that is, is, is uh, very relevant uh, to, to all of us. And I think that we all probably know somebody who knows somebody who either committed suicide or tried.
2: Oh, definitely. I certainly do. And, you know, we just listed all these facts. But if you want to see them and see even more, you've got to subscribe to the CQ Rewind and it will all be laid out for you there.
1: Yeah, it's one thing to talk about it and hear it and once and say, wow, that's something, but you can, you can have that permanent record, and just it helps to, to to round out the the issue in your own mind when you've got it in writing. Seek Your Rewind uh, is available at ChristianQuestions.net. It is a free service. We encourage you to sign up for the full edition. It is also a free service. There is no obligation. So the bottom line is this, despair, and suicide comes from despair in a lot of ways. It can find any of us. It can find us in many different ways. It can find us in, in perhaps in a build-up of our own careless decisions over time. You know, you, you're making a lot of bad choices and then you find despair or it can find you. Despair can find us in our, our misunderstanding of the events of our lives and, you know, to me that's one of the tragic things is things happen in your life and you don't understand them for what they really are and so we create a story in our own mind about them and sometimes that story gets too big and unbearable and that brings us to to a very uh, a very bad end and despair can also find us in the circumstances uh, that surround our life over which we have no control sometimes things happen in your life and you just can't control them so we some, sometimes we get stuck with that we don't know what to do and suicide becomes a way out point is despair exists in everybody's life and for some, though, it grows and grows and grows and doesn't dissipate, and it just becomes overwhelming. So, again, folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about a very difficult, a very important issue that that plagues humanity, this imperfect world in which we live, and that is suicide. We'd love to hear your thoughts at 866-985-4255, toll-free, 985 866-985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And again, our website is ChristianQuestions.net. Uh, Kathy, let's go to another soundbite. Um, this is a, a little bit different. This is from a, uh, an Islamic sheikh, Sheikh Hamas Yusuf, who is talking about uh, suicide in the context of Islam. And it's a very interesting soundbite. He may be a little hard to understand. If you don't get it, we'll, we'll go back over it. But let, let's listen to what he says.
0: Islam has ortho- orthodoxy and orthopraxy. It has a a sound belief, and then it has a sound practice. When I was talking about sincerity, that people can be sincere and yet be completely misguided. Sincerity is not enough. Sincerity has to have the other two components, which is it has to be a sincerity based on orthodoxy, on sound belief, and it has to be based on orthopraxy. So somebody can be sincere in blowing themselves up. They can be muhlis. But the action is not sound in its belief because, one, suicide is prohibited. I've read these fatwas. I'm totally opposed to them. I don't even accept the khilaf position because I've I've read these and it's all emotionalism and it's all just defeated people.
1: So... You have a puzzled look on your face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's news to me because it seems like the suicide bombers are glorified. Well, and
1: in a lot of ways they are.
2: This particular
1: uh, Muslim sheikh is saying that, look, you have to have orthodoxy, a sound belief system, and then orthopraxy, a sound practicing of that belief system. And he's saying you can be as sincere as you can, but you can be completely misguided. And he says unequivocally, suicide is forbidden in the Quran. Therefore, suicide bombing is not getting you closer to God. It's not a glory to God. It's a disgrace. So he is one of those Muslims who comes out against the suicide bombers and says, all of those folks who are glorifying that, you're wrong.
2: Be- so is he saying that th- those people really don't understand their own faith?
1: That's what he's saying, yes. Okay. That's exactly what he's saying. So it, I just thought that would be an interesting... Um, addition to the getting started here. Let's now, we've taken a very quick look into Islam. Let's look into into the Old Testament, because the Bible gives us dramatic examples of those who are ridden with anxiety and defeat. And we're going to go to a few uh, verses from Psalm 42. Uh, this is David speaking. And, and folks, look, if you are struggling with depression and you're feeling like you just can't cope, listen, listen to what happens with David in, in, in this Psalm, Psalm 42 verse three. First of all, David is is taunted here. Let's go to Psalm forty-two, three.
2: Can I ask a question first? Yeah. Um, is this right before or right after? Rather, David committed those really horrible sins.
1: This particular psalm, I don't believe so. Uh, okay. Psalm thirty something and fifty-two or fifty-one are are both about that particularly. Um, but <coughs> anyway, let, let's go through okay. these because I can't give you the exact context of these.
2: Okay, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God?
1: So David is struggling and he is being taunted. They're saying, see, God has abandoned you. Where is your God? So he's feeling the pressure of those people without uh, compounding the problems that he is having within. He's desperate. V- verse six.
2: Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. So you've got that that pleading, and he's
1: saying that I am in utter despair. He feels alone and overrun. Psalm 42, verses 9 to 11.
2: I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair? Oh, my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? So he
1: is saying, My God, why have you forgotten me? I go mourning all day long. And, and, and when people are, are struggling with depression, that's what happens. And yet, in all of this, the hope is at the end of verse 11, David actually finds his faith. Last line down at the bottom
2: Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God.
1: And that is the saving grace for David in dealing with the difficulties that he is facing in his own despair and depression
2: This is Christian Questions I'm Kathy, sitting for Jonathan here with Rick Today we're discussing Does God forgive suicide? Coming up Do people always show signs they are about to commit suicide? How can you tell?
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today, does God forgive suicide? To be a part of our program, call toll free 866-985-4255 that's 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now and our website is christianquestions.net.
1: And Kathy, I didn't ask you in the in the first segment uh, but uh, for those people who are tuning in and used to hearing Jonathan, uh how is it that you got to be our our, our guest co-host when he's not around?
2: Um, I live close and I'm willing to come (laughs) and it tests your bravery there's a there's a lady who says um, I say I'm going to be on on the radio program please pray for me she says I'm praying for Rick
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we've known you for a long time and you uh, attend the same uh, types of bible studies that we do and you're a mom
2: I'm a mom. I have five children and one grandchild.
1: So you uh, have some good life experience to share, and uh, that's why you sit in for Jonathan occasionally when he is not able to be here. So we're glad that you're here uh, with us. Let's get back to this issue. and, And, folks, look, I know... As we talk about this, that there are those of you listening right now that are battling with difficulties and depression and anxiety and the tragedies and traumas of life. And uh, one of the reasons we want to talk about this very difficult subject of suicide is to encourage you to find hope and help because there is Hope and help. And it's been said that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and I and I believe that. Uh, if you are having a crisis, there is a number you can call. It's 1 800 784 2433. It is a suicide crisis line 1 800 784 2433, or to remember it easier, 1 800 suicide. Somebody there will talk to you and help you put things into a better perspective. So please uh, keep that in mind. Keep that number handy for those of you who may know someone uh, or yourselves who, uh, who may have a need.
2: And you know what, Rick? It reminds me of a scripture because obviously this is a Christian program and that's our perspective that, that God has the answers. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 21, God says, listen to my words and keep them in your heart. Because they are health to all your flesh.
1: And that's a, that's a very broad statement, health to all of your flesh, health to every part of you. And mm. that is what we're looking for, is how do you find that little bit of hope that brings you forward? And we're going to be looking into that in great detail in this program, folks. So please, please stay with us uh, for the entire program. Let's go to another soundbite at this point. Uh, We listened to some statistics and so forth about India. I want to go over now to Japan because Japan is a whole different kind of a situation. Remember, in India, one of the big uh, uh, demographics of suicide was the young and the wealthy, right? Yes. Okay. Well, India, it's a very, very different kind of a situation. Let's listen to this.
0: Japan, I
3: mean. Excessive overwork is prevalent among younger generations who struggle to hold on to scarce full-time positions with the fear of becoming temp workers. When you look at the compensation cases for work-related mental illness in 2010, more than half of all the cases are filed by the age group between 20 to 39 years old. The number one cause of death for the age group 20 to 34 years old is also suicide. Of more than 30,000 suicides recorded last year, 10,000 could be related to overwork.
1: That's staggering.
2: That's scary. That that was the question that I started the, the program with is... You know, as a parent, you know, in the society we live in, both of these sound bites in India and Japan says it's most prevalent among young people and mm-hmm. in the United States too, college students. So as a parent, what do you do? How do you parent for something like this? And by the time I finish going through this, I was like, oh, I get it now.
1: (laughs) Because there are principles that we can apply. Look, we can't necessarily stop a problem, Mm -hmm. but we can at least be aware of it and be able to act on the problem. And if you don't have the right principles and you don't have the right go-to places, then you're not going to be able to do that.
2: And speaking of go-to places, after the program, to see the whole entire thing and even more, you've got to check out CQ Rewind. And you can get that at our website, ChristianQuestions.net, and if you don't have a computer, you can write to us at Christian P.O. Box, 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320, and just, you know, drop us a line that says, hey, I'd really like to see CQ Rewind, but I don't have a computer. Would you send it to me, please, and we will Free of charge.
1: So, we are actually beginning uh, that extra service because we realize everybody doesn't have a computer. So, write us a note, let us know, and we'll be happy to send that to you. It's important to us, folks, to get the word out. And that's why we always do things and we never charge for anything because freely you have received, freely give. That's what Jesus says, and that's what we are attempting to fulfill. So let's get back to this uh, suicide thing. And again, all of that is available at christianquestions.net. Uh, warning signs. Kathy, let's go through. Let's just rattle off a few of the, the warning signs. We'll come back to a few more in a few minutes.
2: Appearing depressed or sad most of the time.
1: Okay, so the appearance of being depressed or sad, not just occasionally, but most of the time.
2: Withdrawing from family and friends.
1: And, you know, and a lot of times you can say, well, you know, a lot of teenagers do these things in, 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 when they're in front of their parents anyway hmm Okay, so that's something just to be aware of.
2: Feeling strong anger or rage. Okay. Exhibiting dramatic mood changes. And? Exhibiting a change in sleeping or eating habits. And again, you can look at that and say,
1: well, a lot of teenagers go through a lot of this kind of thing, and that's something to be aware of. Now, it doesn't mean you panic, but you become aware, and you look maybe a little more closely into things. Because we just don't know. You see, the the sad thing about this is you don't know what's happening inside of somebody else's head. You don't know how dramatic and how difficult a time they're having in dealing and coping with their lives.
2: And one of the sound bites I appreciated from last week from Bill Cosby, he said, talk to your yeah. kids. yeah. Talk to them.
1: Yeah, make them talk to you, he
2: says. Yes. And, and that's such an important thing,
1: because when you at least have some kind of conversation, there is some kind of trust, even if it's small, but it's a place to start. So, again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website, ChristianQuestions.net.
1: Let's go back to King David because he was one of the greatest godly men in, in, in all of Scripture. And he made some of the greatest bad choices and some of the worst decisions of anybody in the Scripture
2: yes i I kind of love
1: him, well, and we should because what he shows us is that and and folks again, if you're struggling, what David shows us is that we can do things that we can make bad choices, but we can find a way back
2: and you can a bad choice isn't permanent, you can right you can make good choices coming
1: Right, exactly. And we've got some great sound bites coming up later on in the program to show that. But David in Psalm 32 is coping with some of his greatest sins. Now remember, he sees Bathsheba, uh, he has desire for her, now she's already married, so he has sex with her, he gets her pregnant, and then he's got a problem because he's got this married woman who's pregnant, so what does he do? He calls her husband in who was one of his great commanders in his army somebody he knows well, sends him to the front line, has the army abandon him, so he dies. I mean, what a guy.
2: I mean, <laughs> I mean is there anything, you know, more shocking than that, th- and th- those kind of behaviors?
1: So David does this, and he suffers dramatic consequences for those sins, because they were, they were sins. Uh, God didn't just say, oh, it's okay, I love you, don't worry. God made him pay. In Psalm chapter 32, David is talking about those very sins. And let's listen to how he copes with his greatest sins. We'll start with verses 1 and 2.
2: Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile.
1: So you have almost a looking back over the situation years later, those first two verses.
2: And it also reminds me of Psalm 103, verse 12, where God puts away our sins from us as far as east is from west.
1: But see, now he's not necessarily going to do that until we're ready to have him do that. In a situation like with David, yes, God didn't just dismiss his sin and said, don't worry, I'm just going to put it far away. There was an accountability that David had to fulfill.
2: And David had to recognize his sin
1: first. Right. And... Here's what happens in the 32nd Psalm. He actually, the process, this is looking back on the process, and the first step in the process was actually the denial and the misery that accompanied the sin, because at the beginning, David denied it, and his life literally started to fall apart around him. Let's listen to verses 3 and 4.
2: When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer.
1: So when I kept silence, when I did not confess my sin to God, when I did not do anything to make my life right again in God's sight, my bones whacked. I aged. I, everything, I, I started to fall apart. That's what he's saying. So when I was denying what I had done, it was not going well.
2: Is it? You know, it reminds me of that saying that I've heard, you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah. And... And it's so true because you you can imagine if you have a secret, you can blow it up in your brain bigger and bigger and bigger, but you find somebody that you can trust and God is there and yep. you can trust him and you can talk to him and bear it all to him and feel you know um, better for it.
1: There's a rejuvenation that can happen if, if we put things in the right perspective. Kathy, just in, in terms of dealing with this whole thing, uh, because the, the whole concept of suicide can sometimes be a little foreign to, to a lot of us. You know, how do people get, get to that point? I want to play a verse from a song by Rascal Flatts. The song is Why, and it's about, it's about just looking at a, a suicidal situation and asking that question, how could you get to such a dark place? Let's, let's listen.
0: must have been a place so dark, you couldn't feel the light reaching for you through that stormy cloud. Now here we are gathered in our little hometown, this can't be the way you meant to draw a crowd. That's what I keep asking. Was there anything I could have said or done? Oh, I had no clue you were masking a troubled soul. God only knows what went wrong. Stage in the middle of a song.
1: It's very touching. It just, it just sort of gets to you. Oh, that breaks my heart. You must have been in a place so dark you couldn't feel the light. Why? Why is there something I could have said or done? And, and yes, there is. There are, there's a lots that we can say and do, and folks, that's coming up. So please, please, please stay with us. Um, Kathy, let's go back to these, uh, the warning signs uh, very quickly here because this segment is running out of time faster than I planned. <laughs> 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 Some more warning signs that, that we can be observant of.
2: Performing poorly at work or school, writing a will, feeling excessive guilt or shame, acting recklessly...
1: And the point is, a lot of people show signs, 75% do, but some don't. So some, it just takes you completely by surprise. But that 25% scares
2: yeah. me. Yeah.
1: Well, and again, it's a matter of communicating through all of life's circumstances with those around you, and you can get a sense of things. If someone is communicating with you, it's harder for them to, to actually End their own life because they're communicating. They're 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 actually sharing some of the burden. And the moment we begin to share it, it begins to get a little bit lighter.
2: But doesn't that just speak to the fact that we really need to be present in our lives and present with people and not take them for granted and notice them? People just yeah. want to matter and be noticed, yes. and they do communicate, many without words, but. People communicate
1: well, and that's the thing. Everybody needs to be noticed. Everybody needs to be recognized. Everybody is walking around through life with a big sign on their chest saying, "Recognize me. Yeah, just know who I am." So you're right. Noticing those around us is a very important part of this. We don't have time to go through the, all of the scriptures, but in Psalm 32, again, back to King David's great sin, he in Psalm 32 five and uh, verse five, he he finally confesses his sin. In Psalm 32 seven. Um, he finally come, came to the freedom that, and the renewed protection from God. So he, by not confessing the sin, by hiding it... Now, look, you can't hide anything from God anyway. No. But we try. Isn't that crazy? But it's true. We try yeah. all the time. Yeah. When David finally confessed his sins before God and didn't just sort of semi-confess them, but just laid them out, then he came back to the freedom and renewed protection in God and then uh, for us it's a matter of getting our mi- minds and hearts wrapped around the right kinds of things to think about and really that's one of the main issues of suicide versus non-suicide is what are you thinking about mm. each and every day we'll just we won't quote the scripture out but uh, Philippians 4, eight is a good good reference for that so folks we're looking at warning signs of suicide we're looking at how it works. And now we want to look at first of all, does God forgive and what can we do? How how can we play a role in helping people deal with such difficulties?
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing: does God forgive suicide coming up? What about the suicide bombers? Will they be forgiven? <laughs>
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject today Does God Forgive Suicide? To be a part of our program, call toll free, 866 985 4255. That's 866 985 all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now, and our website is christianquestions dot net.
1: And again, the the subject of suicide is one that has probably touched everybody out there who's listening in some way or other. Uh, you know somebody, or you know someone who knows somebody who either tried or actually succeeded in committing suicide, and and it's it's a very dramatic circumstance we have to stop and think about and say what is it how do how can we put this in perspective I want to go back to just a quick soundbite here back to that Sheikh Hamas Yusuf uh, and is a a Muslim who is really speaking out against suicide bombing and now he's a Muslim Sheikh who's saying this is just wrong let's listen
0: and you open that door, and suddenly you get people signing up, and and they're all depressed. I mean, just read the stories about some of these people that have killed themselves. Seriously, they were just depressed people, and now you're going to tell them, oh, you're going to get close to God in doing this. So you're using their psychopathology a- as a means to 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 uh, you know some political end. I mean, I've debated on this issue some of the best. Minds that I know of in the Muslim Ummah. So it's not like I'm, this is something that I'll just say. I'll say it in, in any gathering, in any place. I don't believe it. I'll never believe it. I'll never believe it's from my religion and I'll die believing that.
1: So he's very specific, and, and again, for, for those of us outside of Islam, we look at that, and to me, that's a sigh of relief that you have a, a Muslim sheikh who's willing to, to say, look, this is wrong, it, you're just drafting people that are depressed and giving them a, a false hope. They're not going to get closer to God by killing themselves. They're just not. And I I'm I'm glad to hear that, frankly, because yes. you know, all we ever hear about is the glorification of right. suicide bombers. Right. So really the question here at hand is okay, does God forgive suicide? Does God forgive suicide? And, and and folks, we have a very specific and let me we wanna go to the phones, but we just wanna put the answer on the table and, and then we'll explain why. Yes, God does. This is not the unforgivable sin. It just isn't let's go to the phones first and then we'll come back to that we have Esther from Indiana good morning Esther and welcome to Christian questions
2: hi
3: Esther good morning um, I just thought I'd uh, bring about an experience that we had in our family my husband's mother did uh, commit suicide and this was many years ago during the Nixon era where uh, there was a lot of trouble in the world and she herself had physical problems and um a few family problems and one time she did come to uh, my husband and knowing that he had a good stable um knowledge of the truth of of God's plan she wanted to know what he thought about such things not that we knew that she was going to do this and uh he did g- give her the best um now uh Truth that he could possibly share with her by uh God's plan, what he has in mind for mankind in the future, that God is all loving and his compassions and so forth, our understanding of the human kind and the then when this did happen it was it was about three weeks later, we were really, really taken back by it that she really had this in mind, and so um, as a result, we realize that, the, as you've been talking about, the overwhelming um, uh, troubles that um, uh, are hanging over people in many ways, they cannot cope with it. Uh, this does happen. But we do have um, God's plan, which gives us the peace that he knows and can read the heart. So this is just something to share, that these things do happen to us. But um, we look into the scriptures for the peace and and, uh, uh, God's plan that gives us the answers to this. And God bless you for uh, trying to help with this problem.
1: Esther, thanks so much. We really appreciate your calling in.
2: Thank you, Esther.
1: Uh, And, you know, Kathy, she she said it, I don't know, half a dozen times, God's plan, God's plan, God's plan. And you think God doesn't know enough to to make arrangements for the the sinfulness of sin and understand the despair that his creation comes to? Of course he knows. And his plan has an ability to to embrace even that part of sin to a better end. And I think that's the end end result here. Esther, thanks so much for sharing that. Very, it's Takes a lot of courage to talk about a, yeah, such a such a imagine. close uh, circumstance. Let, let, let's go to to Hebrews chapter four, verses four to six, because this is talking about what the scriptures label as an unforgivable sin. Hebrews six four to six.
2: For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have ma- been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the word of God and the powers of the age to come. And then have fallen away; it is impossible to renew them again to repentance, since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame.
1: So this is a very specific description of, and it says when you know they've fallen away. It's it's actually it's not falling like oh I slipped and fell. Mm-hmm. It's fallen away. I've gotten distracted, or I've made choices and gone a different direction. So it's really good, have gone away. That's really what the the word... That's a big difference. The the sense of the word. And and here's the thing. A primary difference between the unforgivable sin and suicide. The former, the unforgivable sin we just read about, is based entirely on a clear and informed decision to walk away from God. That's what it is. That's what that Hebrew scripture is describing. It's describing having having been deeply and clearly blessed you've made this cogent choice to walk away from that. You have had a life experience of clear and unmistakable blessing from God. You've had God's Spirit working in you and in your life, and you've seen it, you've recognized it, and you have loved it. When you walk away from that, it says there's no there's no coming back from that.
2: You walk away with full knowledge. You right. choose to walk away.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, suicide is based in despair, grief, sorrow, and hopelessness, uh, while it's a choice, it's clouded with distress. See, to me, that, that sin of, of, of abandoning the Holy Spirit is, is a sin of clear, conscious choice.
2: So, with a sound mind.
1: Right. Not an emotional mind.
2: Okay. That's but, a big difference. Right.
1: But a sound mind. Yes. This is, suicide comes when someone just can't take it and it is emotionally overriding soundness of choice soundness of thinking so to me there's a huge difference between the two and yes god's plan look Jesus said that there will come a time when even the unrighteous will come forth to a day of judgment. Now, the day of judgment, which is not our subject this morning, is not a day of stamping people approved or disproved. It's actually a day of working through your difficulties. That's what the day of judgment really means in the scriptures. So I believe that according to scripture, there is a place for those folks who have been so distressed, torn in their lives, that that resurrection will help them, give them an opportunity in a new and clean environment to to make their lives right.
2: So the Day of Judgment will be a time of healing, learning.
1: A difficult time, but a time of healing and learning so that life can be lived uh, everlastingly, and we will deal with that in another another okay. week, another time, folks. If you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four all. We are live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. And our website is christianquestions.net. dot net. And Kathy, just uh, that that phone number. Um, if someone is having suicidal thoughts and and they're and, and they're just not they're they're not doing well. What what number should they call?
2: It's 1-800-784-2433. And there's another one, 1-800-SUICIDE.
1: Yeah, those are the same number, just it's, it's the letters versus the numbers. Oh, easier to remember. So one eight hundred suicide, which is one eight hundred seven eight four two four three three. Okay. So keep that in mind. It's a place to go for somebody uh, to talk to.
2: And you can also open your Bible. Cause God's always there too.
1: And find somebody, somebody to talk to, somebody that you can trust. And in the second hour specifically, we're going to really get into some details on being able to talk to somebody. Mm. And and I will begin to tell a story or elaborate on it in the second hour, but several years ago I worked for a man. um, He and his wife ran a cabinet and countertop shop that I was the the, uh, foreman of. And um, his wife came to me um, and said that their son was involved in Satan worship, actually, and asked me for help. Oh, my goodness. And I... I gathered some help up together, and uh, some things for them to read and to look at, and to begin a conversation. And that young man committed suicide. Um, and I'll tell a little bit more of the story in the second hour. It was it it, it, it broke. It was one of the most traumatic and difficult experiences of my life. And I was and I was just sort of an onlooker looking in.
2: When the parents came to you, did they know? Were they worried about that? Did they mention? I don't uh, think
1: I don't think they saw it that way. I okay. don't think they saw it with that kind of. They just saw it as big trouble. But I I don't think it occurred to them that that would be an end result.
2: And you're going to tell us more in the second hour? Yes. Okay.
1: So, folks, if we're not on your area for the second hour, uh, you can go to ChristianQuestions.net, hit the Listen Live button, and stay with the conversation uh, online, Uh, again, if we're not on in your area. Uh, Kathy, another thing we're going to touch on in the second hour in great detail is Psalm 143 gives us a recipe for dealing with depression, and therefore a recipe to head off the despair of suicide. It's a recipe. It really is. It's a recipe on how to do it. So we're going to just introduce Psalm 143 here, but in the second hour, we're going to carry that whole thought through and look at how the scriptures tell us how to deal with this kind of stuff. And folks, this is great news because what it's telling you is that there has been a remedy in place for thousands of years for this very thing no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are. So in Psalm 143, verse 3 is the first step in this remedy, and that is to identify the source of the problem. So let's take a look at Psalm
2: 143, verse 3. For the enemy persecuteth my soul. He hath crushed my life down to the earth. He hath made me to dwell in dark places as those that have been long dead. So David is talking
1: about an enemy. He's got a great enemy in this particular psalm. You know who the enemy was? I think so. Who? Himself. In this particular psalm, actually, the enemy was his son, Absalom. Oh, okay. And his son was looking to take the throne by force. And his son, his beloved son Absalom, became his mortal enemy. Now... I can't even imagine that. And, and, and that's the, the, the point. When, when you look at the experience of David throughout his life, he, made, he did some courageous things. He made a lot of bad choices, the things with Bathsheba and all that kind of stuff, and he suffered greatly for those. This is much later now. His, his son grows up to become his mortal enemy. His son's treachery caused David to not only be tracked like an animal, and that's what was happening. David was literally, King David, was on the run from his son and because of the throne, and it broke David's spirit as well. Mm -hmm. So he's he's literally thrown out of the the, the, the palatial living uh, experience on the run. Imagine the despair at seeing your own son as your crushing enemy. This is what Psalm 143 deals with, but it, and it's showing the utter despair that David feels. And so I guess, folks, as we wrap up this hour, take heart in the fact that if you are suffering from depression and despair, and you're wondering about you know, the value of life itself, understand this, that the scriptures share the experiences of others who have gone exactly down the road that you are going. And it shows how to go down that road, reverse your direction, come back, and embrace the light of life again. So in the second hour, we're going to deal with that specifically. Uh, Again, if we're not on your area, click Listen Live at ChristianQuestions.net and stay with us for that. It's an important hour. Also, leave your comments on Facebook. For Kathy and Rick, it's Christian Questions. Our subject this morning, Does God Forgive Suicide? We'll be back in the second hour with much, much more. Until then. Think about it.
0: Is Christian Questions.
1: Roy Disney, Walt Disney's nephew, once said, It's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Kathy and Rick this morning. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Kathy, you are sitting in for Jonathan this morning.
2: I am. Happy to be here.
1: And uh, it's a tough subject though.
2: It is, but it's important and I'm certainly learning a lot, which I appreciate.
1: So what is the question?
2: Does God forgive suicide? And the scripture is from Psalms 38, verse 4. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me.
1: And I'll tell you, that scripture just, to me, paints the picture of the despair that so many people seem to get to, where they've got their troubles uh, way too much for them. And because of the weight is unbearable, uh, sometimes people make a choice to just end the pain of that weight. And, and they choose to end their lives. And uh, in the first hour, we were talking about uh, suicide from a lot of different perspectives. We were talking about it from the f- perspective that in America, we have a, a pretty big problem with suicide. There's like thirty, thirty-three thousand 33,000 suicides a year in in, in the United States. It, it was the second leading cause
2: of death among college students.
1: Right, right. Uh, in India, India has the lar- the highest suicide rate of any nation in the world, and Japan They have 120-some-odd million people in Japan, so we have almost three times as many people, but they have almost as many suicides. Wow. So their suicide rate is actually about almost three times higher than in America. The reasons for suicide are very different in Japan than are the reasons for suicide in India, than are the reasons for suicide in America, but yet the same problem exists. So with all of that in mind, we thought it would be important to look at this subject uh, and try to put it into some kind of a perspective. What do you look for in terms of what happens to people? What kinds of things can we say or do to help? What could we be observing of? And how can we just better understand it so we can contribute to making the problem less of a problem as time goes on? So, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website, ChristianQuestions.net.
1: Everything's at ChristianQuestions.net.
2: Everything, (laughs) especially CQ Rewind, which you just have to see. And for this week, it'll give you a lot more of the statistics and just the whole picture, whether you're trying to help somebody else or yourself.
1: Yeah, and the kinds of things that we can do to, to, to be helpful to others. Let's go to a, a soundbite, and this is going to be a story that is going to unfold throughout the second hour of the program about a young woman, uh, Kristen Anderson. This was actually on the 700 Club we got this, uh, the soundbite from, uh, and it's called Suicide Interrupted. So here's a, a young lady who absolutely attempted suicide uh, but uh, survived, and she's going to tell some of her story.
4: Even before her suicide attempt, Kristen thought her life was a nightmare. Everything looked fine on the outside. In fact, people were shocked that she'd tried to take her life. She'd grown up with a good mom and dad. She was smart, popular, successful. Up until her first year in high school, she was the friend others came to for help. Then her world started falling apart. She lost four of her friends. One had a brain tumor, two died in a car accident, and one hanged himself in a cemetery. Later, her grandmother died. I just started to think it was, life was horrible and this world was horrible and there's no, you know, it was just going to be miserable the rest of my life. I started to really um, become a lot more introverted, I think, at this point. But when people would ask me how I was doing, like if I came into work or something like at school, I, I would be like, I'm here. Like, it, almost like, isn't that good enough? I'm here.
1: So... You have the beginning of this story, and uh, again, it's you can see how her life would fall apart. She's only 15 or 16 years old, and she loses four of her friends.
2: Mm. And, and yet, you know, we were talking about the signs, and when she would answer, people would say, How are you? And she'd say, I'm here. Don't let somebody get away with that. Right,
1: right, right. You right. know,
2: pay attention. Say, what do you mean? Or even if just somebody says, I'm fine. Well, tell me why are you fine? You know, right, right. why are you good? They, those things should have follow-up questions if you really care.
1: See, see Kathy, that's why you're here. You're a mom, and you know this <laughs> stuff. This is such important, <laughs> such an important way of looking at this. Uh, before we go to the phones, Kathy, let's just go through some of the, the American s- uh, factors of suicide. Just what happens here in this country that draws people toward uh, suicide? Just some several bullet points. Let's work through them quickly, and then we'll go to the phones.
2: of all suicides had a psychiatric illness.
1: All right, so most, a dramatic number, had some kind of psychiatric difficulties there. Go ahead.
2: Over 60% suffered from major depression. About 15% will suffer from clinical depression at some point in their life. 30% 30% of all clinically depressed patients will attempt suicide.
1: So that gives you a sense that if, if you know someone in that circumstance, you just need to be absolutely aware that this is a very real possibility. Okay, so that, that's important. And half of those ultimately succeed, half of those 30%. Wow. All right, uh, what, uh, what else?
2: Major illnesses and insecurity about sexual orientation are major contributors to suicide. Racism, rape, and divorce also play a role.
1: So the traumas of life, I guess that's what this is saying. The traumas of life bring us to, uh, some of us, to the point of saying, I just want to end the pain.
2: And it's kind of like the fight we had during the break, you and I, which of course I lost. But, because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of those things are outside influences and there's things beyond our control, just like... Absalom was beyond King David's control, right? And yet, it all comes down to: uh, Do you do you let those outside things leave you feeling powerless? Or do you work to change your thoughts?
1: And that's really what this hour is about, is working to change your thoughts. We're going to go back to Psalm 143 in just a moment uh, because there's a process, there's a recipe for changing the thought process that brings you that, down that dark, depressed road that can help you find hope and light. In in the in the context of very very difficult circumstances. So before we go to the second step of that, though, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut on the line. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions.
5: Hi, Julius. Uh, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I want How come you get the tough topics?
2: <laughs> yes, she does. She does. I need the most
5: help. <laughs> Uh, you know, anything we say, uh, I appreciate your uh, consideration of this uh, very tragic uh, situation World, worldwide. It doesn't, You know, you don't think about it being worldwide, you know, but yeah. it is, I guess it's uh, very uh, widespread. Uh, anything we say, of course, is with respect and compassion. Yeah, uh, does God forgive suicide? I think he does. Eventually, those folks will come back and realize that uh, they will have a, a better chance of life than they do now. Uh, in a sense, I, I hope I don't sound cruel when I say this, but it is kind of sort of, uh, you know, uh, center on the, uh, self-pity, that sort of thing. Uh, I say that with, hopefully with respect and compassion. Number one, uh, man, Matthew 4-4, it's Matthew 4-4, man cannot live apart from God. Uh, We have a a song within our uh, religious circle that says, When I think of self, I tremble. When I look to thee, I am strong. Mm -hmm. Number two, I do not have the time to commit suicide. (laughs) I am too busy being constructive, helping others. Thank you. God bless.
1: Thanks, Julius. We appreciate it. And, and, you know, the the last point that, that Julius made, and again can almost sound uh, almost flippant, uh, like, well, you know, I don't have time for such things. But why? Because my life by choice is involved in, in other things. And that's really part of what we want to get to here. What happens inside of the mind of one who goes down that dark, dark, dark road, and how can you undo that dark, dark road? Uh, so, Julius, thanks so much um, for your call and, and, and the, the scripture. You know, we, man can't live apart from God. It's just, it's very difficult.
2: And, you know, ha- have you ever tried that? It's so true. When you're feeling crummy about yourself, your life, your circumstances, whatever, reach out and try to help somebody else and just make a phone call to somebody who you know is old or shut in. And and as soon as you give a piece of yourself for somebody else, you instantly feel better. Yeah. Well, and now the the... the
1: for those of us who are having, you know, the ebb and flow of life, that works. But for right, someone who is right. really deeply depressed, they, they can't even bring themselves to do such a thing. Mm. And for them, the most important thing is to reach out to get help. Not okay. necessarily to give it, but just to get it okay. Some in some small, small way. And, you know, in, in Psalm 143, we, we talked at the end of the first hour, the first step was identifying the source of the problem. Okay? With David, in this particular case, his own son was trying to murder him to take his crown, to take his throne. And David was literally an older man now. He's literally running for his life. He had to leave uh, his, 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 his palace barefoot. Oh my goodness. And he is literally hiding in caves from his own son because he's fearing for his life. And this circumstance was just overwhelming to him. The second step, so he he identified, here's my problem at this point in my life. The second step in Psalm 143 is to acknowledge the resulting condition of your own mind. So Psalm 143, verse 4, let's just read that verse.
2: And my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. So because I'm running from this enemy...
1: It has overwhelmed me, and I can't handle it anymore. Now, doesn't that sound like what happens to so many people? Because such and such has happened in my life. I am overwhelmed, and I can't handle it anymore. And you look at that and say, you know, how depressing that is. But you know, the encouraging part is, well, how important that is to set the guideline for being able to come back from it. See, because you've acknowledged the fact that it's too big. So that can actually be good. Okay. Alright, so knowing that it can actually be good, let's jump down, and again, there's there's so much stuff here that we, we can't cover, folks, because we just don't have the time. I encourage you to go to CQ Rewind, the full edition, available at ChristianQuestions.net, uh, because there's scriptures and some reasoning that we're just literally skipping over here, uh, because this is such an important subject. It will all be there in ChristianQuestions.net, CQ Rewind, the full edition. It's a free service. You just need to sign up for it. There is no obligation. Um, you know, Kathy, we're broken, and we're hurting, but we're not without hope. And that's what Jesus reminds us of in Luke 4, 17 to 21. We're not going to read it uh, because we don't have the time to, but again, that will be in secure Rewind, the, the full edition. The third step. So you've, you've acknowledged where the problem comes from, step one. Second step, you've acknowledged that it is overwhelming you and you can't handle it. In Psalm 143, verse 5, the third step is, is something now that is a paradigm shift. It's changing the way you're looking at things. It's to recall the positives of the past and the vastness and the greatness of God. Psalm 143, verse 5.
2: I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy doing. I muse on the work of thy hands. So what that's doing is it's saying, I am utterly overwhelmed
1: in dealing with the trauma and the tragedy of my own life. And despairing, I'm in darkness, and I see no way out. So what David did in that despair is he found a way to look toward God and to say, I remember the days of old. I meditate on not what I did, but all the doings of God. I meditate, I muse on the work of thy hands. So what David did, while he's literally running and hiding in caves, this is my imagination kicking in, you know, (laughs) it's night, and he's there by himself and he's out looking at the stars and he's looking and saying, the greatness of God is there and mm. my life is falling apart. But I can choose to to bask in the wonder of the greatness of God.
2: I'm sure he remembered his, his prior sins and how horrible he felt then. And sometimes I do that. You know, I'll think, wow, I rem- this. I feel terrible now, but I remember you know, feeling terrible, and how it passes, and how did I get through it? And God helped David get through his horrible time, and he remembered that, and he will again. And,
1: and the key was that David remembered that through looking at God and not himself. So, folks, there is a recipe for dealing with the depth and darkness of depression. Just listen, it's coming.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing Does God forgive suicide? Coming up, is there really a way out of deep despair and intense loneliness? Where do you begin?
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today, does God forgive suicide? To be a part of our program, call tool free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.net.
1: And, folks, as we uh, go through this program, uh, we're looking for your your input, your experiences in dealing with uh, such a difficult, difficult uh, matter as, as suicide. And, uh, you know, how do you find your way back if you're feeling lost? And, and that's really what we're spending the rest of the program on is the sense of... Finding and there is a biblical, scriptural recipe that helps us put things in perspective. It's Psalm, found in Psalm 143, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. I do want to tell a little bit more of that story I started in the okay. first hour uh, about my my uh, my boss and his wife and their their son. Several years ago, he was only 17 and and he uh, committed suicide. And you know, I worked this, this cabinet and countertop shop, and and my boss's wife came to me and and. Said, you know, he, our son's involved in in some bad things. It's Satan worship, and I know you're a religious person. What should we do? That's kind of what she said to me, and so wow. I started gathering up pieces of information and, and and things that I thought would be helpful to them. And I'll never forget this, Kathy, because literally um, on a Sunday night, I I had talked to some some some. Uh, people who knew more about the stuff than I did. And I had some concrete things to give them. On a Sunday night, it was sitting on my kitchen table uh, to bring to work with me on Monday morning. And that Sunday night, I got the, the the phone call that he had died.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: And it was the most horrible, horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach as I looked at the material that was sitting on the table. And I thought about this boy whose life was now ended and uh you know it it completely changed their lives to to say the least yeah. and and his 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 father was the one who found him oh my gosh and i remember about a week or two after the the incident uh his father uh asked to talk to me and we sat there at in the sh- at the shop late one night and he just poured his heart out about oh the, the experience goodness. it it was it was it was tragic ah uh. how he found him what he did, what he tried to do, oh my what he thought, and, and, and just the utter despair this poor man had. So while I don't understand depression because I've never been yeah. depressed like that, I, I know what it's like to feel depressed, but that's not the same. And so for those of you who, who have that experience in this dark, dark place and you just don't feel like you can get out, there is an answer. There is light and there is hope. And that's what we want to, to focus on uh, this morning with the program.
2: And even though I, I too, have never experienced something like that, I certainly can empathize with the pain and of the person going through it. And, you know, there's people who will listen and mm-hmm. are there for you, and you really aren't alone. There, You know, there is a, a phone number, too, that, that people can call in a crisis, and it's 1-800-SUICIDE. And also, that that equates to 1-800-784-2433. And if you didn't catch it, you can certainly, we'll we'll post that online, uh, ChristianQuestions.net, and everything, all the material will be in um, this week's CQ Rewind, which you can also get at our website.
1: All right, so... All of that being said, let's get back to the recipe for dealing with these kinds of things because King David went through such depression and such difficulty that I'm sure he would have thought about the fact that his life was over. And, you know, wh- why struggle anymore? Why bother to even try? And yet he came through, and how did he come through? Well, Psalm 143 gives us steps. First of all, it's, it said, identify the source of the problem. In this case, David's problem was his own son who was trying to, to come come after him, come after his throne. Step two was to acknowledge the resulting condition in your own mind. Uh, so acknowledge what happens to you as a result of the problem. And for David, it was saying, this is too big for me. I can't handle it anymore. Step three was to recall the positive, positive, positives of the past and the vastness of God. So here, that was the key step, because now instead of working on and thinking about the problem and only the problem, you're now thinking about something bigger than you. And that brings us to step four in this recipe for dealing with these kinds of things. Physically and mentally, reach toward God. The problem that so many people have is they just feel like they can't reach toward anything. But you can reach toward God at least mentally to start with and then physically afterwards. Psalm 143, verse 6 on that.
2: I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul as a parched land thirsteth after thee. So, literally, he says,
1: I stretch forth my hands unto thee. I mean, and again, I can in, visualize him, this is my imagination speaking, but he, he did have to leave the palace barefoot with nothing because he was literally running for his life. He's hiding in caves at night, and I could imagine him at night uh, when the stars are out, reaching his hands up toward God, saying, remember me, I I need you so much, and 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 looking at the the glory of the creation and at least taking a little bit of comfort in that. That's what helped him to learn how to cope with such a deeply difficult, heart-rending, tragic trauma that just interrupted his life.
2: You know, it reminds me uh, the very simple phrase: when somebody is um, coughing really hard mm-hmm. and they're they're choking, you tell them put your hands up, and it stops the choking. Well, depression chokes the heart and the mind, and if you can remember this same equation,
1: put your hands up.
2: Put your hands up.
1: Reach toward God. Yeah. Seek that's your mother, man. That's, that's <laughs> Mothers have answers that are just so easy to understand. Uh, let's look at Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5. This is that that yearning toward God that we were talking about.
2: As the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember, as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng, and led them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my help so it's giving a sense of why are you so
1: cast down hope in god and i shall again praise him so sometimes we forget to sometimes we stop praising god putting our focus on him because our 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 personal lives are are so distraught and what this psalm is showing us is that if we can have that sense of connection yes we lose it sometimes but Mm -hmm. the good news is we can find it again Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website, ChristianQuestions.net.
1: And look, if you want to email us with a a thought or a question, you can certainly do that uh, at Rick, R-A-C-K, at ChristianQuestions.net. That's a uh, personal email, and you'll get a, uh, a personal response there.
2: And if you don't have a computer and you want to get a copy of CQ Rewind, we'll mail it to you free of charge. Just write to us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320.
1: And also, just another little uh, thing about the the website ChristianQuestions.net, it may be this coming week, we may be able to release our brand new website. (gasps) Uh, all completely redone. It's unbelievable what they I did. I can't wait. It's pretty cool. So uh, let let's jump. Th- go go one more scripture about just reaching toward God. And we discussed this scripture just a few weeks ago. Mark twelve thirty.
2: You shall love thy God your You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So
1: again, when somebody is depressed, that's certainly not um, an easy thing to do. But that's where we want to get to. And that, that's sort of like an end result. Look, you know, you look, so this is how I want to be. But sometimes you have to start with that little tiny, tiny crawl, you know, mm. before you can get to the to the, to the running. Uh, I want to go back to uh, another soundbite on um, this young lady, Kristen Anderson, who had attempted suicide. And remember, the context was that when she was in high school, she lost four of her friends. Four of her friends died in a very short period of time. Uh, One of them committed suicide, Uh, a grandparent died, and and so she started to see life as just horrible. Mm. And you could see why, especially in the mind of a teenager, you could see why how life just became horrible. Well, here's the next step in her story.
4: After that night on the train track, she was in the hospital for three months. Doctors tried to reattach her legs, but they were unsuccessful. There were a number of surgeries. And then Kristen was told she would probably be confined to a wheelchair for life. So I just started to cry out to God for the first time and ask him why he would keep me here, why he would, you know, want me, why he would want me to be here even without my legs.
1: So what happened is one night literally she decided she would end it all and she was out walking by herself. Uh, she was near a train track she saw a train coming and she made the snap decision to say i'm just going to lay down on the tracks and 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 die oh my goodness and the, the the train severed her legs uh she obviously lived through it and lived to tell about it and but you know she's talking about okay i cried out to god now she wasn't crying out to god saying help me she was crying out to god almost in anger why am i here why did you keep me here, and now I don't even have any legs? Why, 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 why? And you say, well, you know, you know, she should have been asking God for help. Well, at least she was talking to him. Yes. Okay, so the, the start had been made mentally, physically and mentally reaching out to God. Sometimes we reach out out of anger rather than out of, out of desire for help, but at least you're reaching. Right. Okay, and then w- w- when we're in that situ- situation, just realize that, you know, God... God understands, and that's the thing. Our Creator understands that which is created. He He made us in His image, so He understands the way our minds work. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website is ChristianQuestions.net.
1: Okay, so... Physically and mentally reach out toward God. That was the fourth step in this recipe of getting ourselves out from under the, the, the deep, uh, dark burden of despair and depression. It was, step four was to physically and mentally reach out toward God. Step five, again in Psalm 143, this time from verse 7, is bear your soul before God and seek his answer. And I think this... becomes one of the big, 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 big steps to bear your soul before God. Let's read Psalm 143, verse 7.
2: Answer me speedily, O Jehovah. My spirit fails. Hide not thy face from me, or I shall be like unto them that go down into the pit.
1: And, you know, by going down into the pit, he's talking about death. And so he's saying that I need you because I am on the brink of death here. And it gives you a sense of being willing to, just like in Psalm 32, when David talked about his transgressions and the difficulties, you know, because of his choices and his sin with Bathsheba, Mm -hmm. he not only took responsibility for it, but he, because he was king, took public responsibility for that sin. Mm. Because the thing you have to realize is that that psalm, and I think it's Psalm 51, were written about that sin. Those were to be sung in the temple to all of the people.
2: Oh, my goodness. So
1: he took complete responsibility for the wrongs that he had done and he made it public. Now that's, a, that, that's a, a long stretch from just, you know, bearing your soul toward God. But that's where it brings us. And the lesson is sometime, sometime we have to come to a point of being able to be accountable in our own lives. But before you get there, what we must do is bear our soul before God.
2: Tell God your problem. And sometimes I know in my own life, I'm so used to, you know, I can do it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going along and you're thinking you can do it all. And the po- the problems and the issues just pile and pile. And I think sometimes the Lord allows that to happen in my life to get me to say, whoa, I can't do it. This is overwhelming me. God, I need your help. And um, the very wise Vicki, who's been on here before, once said, and I love this, is that, you know, the, um, the scripture where, where God says to Moses, what is in your hands? And sometimes there's nothing in our hands, but you can at least put them together
1: Hmm. and pray. There you go. And and that that really brings us to Psalm 69, verses 1 through 5. We'll read this verse to to end this segment here, uh, because it's about being overwhelmed by the circumstances of life.
2: Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim and waiting for God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Many are those who would destroy me. My enemies who accuse me falsely. What I did not steal must I now restore. O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. So it gives you the sense of just being up to your neck in water and the water is
1: still rising and saying, I have no place else to go. And those of us who are going through that deep despair and depression feel that way. But again, David in that psalm is reaching toward God and that's the way to find a way to be able to deal with the difficulties in our lives.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing, does God forgive suicide? Coming up is there anything you can do to help prevent suicide before it's too late?
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. Christian questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today: Does God forgive suicide? To be a part of our program, call toll free eight six six nine eight five four two five five. That's eight six six nine eight five four all. We are live Sunday mornings from seven to nine. That means we're on right now. And our website is christianquestions dot net.
1: And as we begin to wrap up this program, um. It, we're dealing with one of those very, very, very difficult but very, very important subjects in life, and that is uh, folks who just get to a point where they just cannot cope any longer. And the message here, the resounding message is that there is hope and there is a way, but you have to do something to reach up, to reach out of where you are, and you don't have to do a lot. And for those of us who are around such a, a circumstance and such a person, we need to just be have our eyes and ears wide open to see whatever signs there are so we can give a helping hand wherever possible. And uh, Kathy, at, at the at the uh, risk of, of in, invoking too many tears, um, I want to play one verse, the last verse from a song by Blaine Larson uh, called How Do You Get That Lonely? And it's about uh, a young boy, a Seventeen or eighteen year old boy who commits suicide, and and uh, you know this this man is, is singing about you know how how did he get to such a point when life looked like it was it was so okay? So let let's just listen for a few minutes here.
5: Did his girlfriend break up with him? Did he buy or steal that gun? Did he lose a fight with drugs or alcohol? It is his mom and daddy forget to Say I love you son Did no one see the writing on the wall now, I'm not blaming anybody We all do the best we can I know hindsight's that one But I still don't
1: It's just that sense of how do you get to the point where life is just so, such despair? And, well, we ask the questions, well, what can we do? What can you do if you see somebody or you know somebody who is, you, you, you feel like they're in that kind of situation? There are several actual clear working points. Let, let's go through some of them.
2: Listening. attentively. Everything they say.
1: All right. So listening, and, you know, listening means listening. It doesn't mean just sort of preparing your answer. It means really, really listening. Because you don't
2: have to fix it. Right. Just listening. Right. Comfort them with words of encouragement.
1: And a lot of times we don't even know what to say, you know, but but at least find something to to try to encourage them. with. Can you give an example? Well, when someone is, is in such great, great despair... Uh, Perhaps a word of encouragement, of something you've always appreciated about them. Well, I know you're going through this, but you know I've always known you to be, or or, or love this about you, or just something.
2: Oh, specific, right. To to change their focus,
1: right? Because you're right, we can't fix their problem. Okay. Okay. What else? Don't leave them alone. And especially if you feel like somebody is on the brink, make, uh, you know, that stepping out of a comfort zone. But you want to be sure you want to to help them any way you can, and what else?
2: don't be judgmental,
1: okay now th- and that's huge, yes, you know and and
2: it can be it can be difficult, sure you know to never appear shocked, no matter what anybody tells you, right, and we were talking about that before, imagine Jesus, I'm pretty sure he never looks shocked
1: and <laughs> I, I agree I agree, and th- the point is to give them a sense of there is hope for them. And by listening and see, when you listen, when you truly listen and you encourage and, and you're not judgmental, what you're saying to that person is, I accept you where you are. It's OK. Mm. And, and you're, you're sort of getting alongside of them to prepare to walk with them. And that's such a big thing. Let's quickly go to the phones, and then we're going to come back to the steps six and seven of the recipe in Psalm 143 for getting out of difficulty and depression. We have uh, Randall from Connecticut uh, on the line. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good
6: morning. Holy Sunday, guys. Hi. You you too. Matthew 9-2. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. I have a wonderful friend from high school and college who who killed himself. He actually shot himself on his wife's grave. Uh, She was also a great friend. And all I would say about this is that to anyone in despair is that God forgives now. Philippians 4.12 In all things I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. In every circumstance of life, nothing is wasted. Jesus gave every moment, every action of our life value. Our suffering is dignified in Christ. Our despair itself is elevated on the cross, so we can see the view ahead. Isaiah forty three nineteen. See, I am doing something new. In the desert I make a way, in the wasteland rivers.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. You too. Thanks, Randall. And again, another experience of someone who had a very, very good friend who uh, just could not bear the strain and burden of their own life. Mm. And how, what a tragic, tragic thing. But great scriptures there, Randall. Thanks so much. God forgives now. That's such an important thing. Yes. Our sixth step in Psalm 143, uh, verses 8 and 9, is look to follow God's specific guidance and deliverance because He provides it and it's specific. And sometimes it's small little steps, and maybe it's sometimes things we may not want to necessarily do, but again, it's, it's following what's there for us. Psalm 143, 8 and 9.
2: Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I confide. Make me to know the way wherein I should walk, for unto thee do I lift up my soul. Deliver me, O Jehovah, for mine enemies Unto thee do I flee for refuge.
1: So his enemies, again, were his son and his son's armies who were searching for his life. And he's saying, show me the way that I should walk so I can walk in it. Show me what to do. Show me how to do it. And let me do whatever it is that you tell me to. And sometimes you need to ask God to talk louder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes we're maybe not even able to hear him unless we have somebody helping us hear him. Yeah. So it's not only speaking and talking to God, but finding someone to talk to that can help you draw towards that godly approach and find light. Because you know what? There is light. As dark as
2: life gets, there is always light somewhere. And I think that's so important that you... Um, where you look for help is just as important as looking for help,
1: right? And going back to that, in the first hour, we had that that Muslim um, Sheikh who was talking about, um, you know, sincerity is great, and he was he was actually condemning suicide bombing, mm-hmm. uh, and he was saying, you know, okay, these people are sincere, but you know, th- they're doing the wrong thing, and sincerity going in the wrong direction is not going to help you. Sincerity has to be based in something concrete. And that's why we say reach toward God. Reach your hands up so that you can find a way, find something to cling to. And you can do that through uh, confiding in a friend of yours as well as God himself. Again, folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time. 866-985-4255, toll free. 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website is christianquestions.net.
1: And don't forget to go to Seeker Rewind. Sign up for the full edition especially because all of the things we talked about, the practical points, the statistics, the how do you help people, all listed out, all written out there. And then you can have that permanent record so it's not just something you heard and say, what did they talk about? You can read it as well.
2: Christian and Questions. And last week, she included pictures of a young Rick and his children, and they're (laughs) all there. You have got to check them out.
1: Yeah, I used to have a beard. (laughs) That's all I'll say. Um, Let's jump down to this last soundbite from Kristen Anderson. This is the young lady who decided to end her life. She threw herself onto the tracks of a train in front of an oncoming train. Her legs were severed, but her life didn't end. And she came through that, went through multiple surgeries and depression and difficulty after that, and then she got to a different place in her life. Let's listen. There you go.
4: Now, despite her disability, she never contemplates taking her life. I realized that I needed to choose life. I learned how to you know, not be so extreme where like, uh, when something goes wrong, I, don't, I know it's not the end of the world. I ended up getting off of all my antidepressants and all my pain meds that they told me I was going to have to take the rest of my life, and my life hasn't ever been better. I just really try and find my value in God every single day, and I really try to seek Him with everything in me and live for Him completely. Kristen Anderson says that a train took her legs, but God gave her a new life.
1: What a powerful, powerful statement that is. A train took her legs, but God gave her a new life. And she says, My life has never been better. And she's disabled. So because it comes down to where she is mentally looking at her life. How is she absorbing the bumps and bruises of life? And she's doing it in a, in a godly way, and you give her credit for, for plowing through all of those things. Kathy, we're almost out of time. There's a few more points about if someone you know is suicidal, how do you help them? There's a few more points you want to get through here.
2: Be careful of the statements
1: you make. Okay, so you don't again, don't be judgmental.
2: Mm-hmm. Talk openly about suicide. See, now that's, a, that's something
1: that you say, really? And it says, ask. Ask, if are you feeling so bad that you're thinking about suicide? Ask them, because you're talking to them. Ask them. And if they say yes, then what?
2: You ask them, have you thought about how you're going to do it? And
1: and again, that's getting very specific, but it's opening that door. Because if they start to communicate about it, then it's no longer a secret. And if it's no longer a secret, you've let somebody else in. And if you've let somebody else in, now that person can walk with you through the trouble.
2: But if somebody tells you, I'm going to commit suicide, and they tell you how they're going to do it, what do you do?
1: You, well, if, first of all, do you, do, uh, do you have, ask them, do you have what you need to, I mean, are you all set to do this? I mean, ask them that, and then have you thought about how and when, and, and, when, and if they say yes, it's, then you talk to them, you don't leave them alone, and you find a way to get help. I and mean, that's really what it boils down to. You find a way. Call that, that number, 1-800-SUICIDE. Okay. And, and and find a way to get them to a point where there is now light and it's not all dark. So we can be an instrument uh, of, of godliness in the lives of others who are suffering.
2: So anytime anyone says, oh, I just wish I could just kill myself. Do you instantly go into all these questions?
1: Well, I would say, well, wait, what, what do you mean by that? Do you, are you really serious? Oh, okay. All right. And well, no, I'm not. Are you sure? Okay. Then why did you say that? I mean, I would I would challenge it uh, right. and, 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 and put it in a perspective where they know you're really listening. There's something uh-huh. amazing about really listening. And, and Kath, we're out of time, but the seventh step is to learn the lesson uh, and apply it to your life now. That's in Psalm 143.10. Uh, just read that real quick and then we'll wrap up.
2: Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Let thy good spirit lead me in a plain country.
1: So the bottom line is that in Psalm 143, there are seven steps to getting through darkness and tragedy in life and finding light again. And really, the whole point of this program, folks, was to to, to, to discuss a very difficult topic, the topic of suicide and how it works in, in, in our lives and why it's there and what we can do about it, not only as those who may be going through depression, but as those who can be friends of those going through depression. Kathy, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank Appreciate you. It um tough subject but uh, you did a really good job in in working through it and uh, folks look there is always hope no matter what your situation no matter what your station in life no matter what the circumstances are that surround your life many of which are beyond your control there still is always hope reach your hands up toward god find somebody to talk to and find the light because the light is there sometimes we just don't know how to see it by ourselves For Kathy and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We'll be back again next week with another subject. But until then, God does forgive suicide, and God does give us a way out if we look for it. Till next week, think about it.